0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Amen. Come on, lift one hand. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can do in Jesus name and all God's people said amen. Amen. amen please be seated in the house of the Lord if you have your bible open it up to first chronicles chapter number 29 first chronicles chapter number 29 i'm 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 thrilled to be sharing this with you it, it is one of the most exciting things to speak about in the history of our church we just crossed over 8 years and eight in the Bible always represents a season of a new beginning. And so we're in almost like a, a new beginning, except we're not starting from scratch this time. Come on, somebody. We're standing on a massive uh, foundation that has been established in prayer, rooted in the Word of God. And, and it is one that uh, many people have come and experienced the love of Jesus Christ uh, by coming through New Heights Church whether it's now or whether it was eight years ago. And many, 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 many thousands and thousands will come in the future. So I'm very thrilled to be sharing with you about A Bigger Shadow. And uh, as, we, as we share today on Vision Sunday about what our facilities and, and the property is going to be, uh, what's going to be developed, I want to just kind of paint a picture for you because where we are right now, is, ...is a place where we're going to need God to do some great things over the next year or so. We're going to need God to rise up. But how many of you know, how many of you know God's going to do it? Yes. The Bible says in 1 in Chronicles chapter number 29... ...that King David gathered his, his people together. And, and they were about to build the uh, temple that we call Solomon's Temple. It was going to be a permanent place for the people of God... That uh, David really wanted to build, but God told him, hey, I need your son to do it. And David said, well, can I fund it? And the Lord allowed him to fund it. Can you say amen to that? And the Bible says that in verse 28, he was going through, or chapter 28, he was going through all this stuff. But then it gets to chapter number 29. And David is standing in front of the people at that time that were a part of, of the nation, that were a part of the kingdom. And he begins to talk and he says, furthermore, David the king said unto the congregation... Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace, he's talking about the new uh, temple. He said, the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Somebody say, "For for the Lord. We're about to build a new facility. We're about to build a new tabernacle. A tabernacle means this. It means a place for the people of God to worship. There always has to be a place. There always has to be a there. Do you remember the first time that you got saved? Do you remember when you got born again? Do you remember the first time that the reality of the love of Jesus Christ actually hits you? You remember where you were. Most people remember exactly where they were. There always has to be a place. And when you decide to build a place for God, God begins to move in that situation. Because everything that God was going to do, the Bible says God did. Remember the last thing Jesus said on the cross? It is it is finished. Now it's up to me and you because God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. But a lot of people, including Christians, treat God like a janitor. They wait until there's a, a, a need for a cleanup on aisle three to call on him. Many people will be in heaven declaring God is faithful, but we're never faithful to God. You see, it's a two-way street. It's one thing to say God is faithful. It's another situation to say I am faithful to God. It's another situation to have it said of you. That person is faithful to God. Oh, it's said about a lot of people at funerals, but all kind of nice things are said about people at funerals. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a, a level of faithfulness that everybody that you know, you don't have to explain to them how much you love the Lord. Your life testifies of how much you love the Lord. I'm talking about being faithful to God. Of course God is faithful. My question is not, is God faithful? I spend half my life trying to convince people that God is faithful and there should be no requirement of convincing because the sunrise declares God is faithful. The question is, can you be faithful to our God? I don't want to live a life where I, where my God was faithful, but I was just some crazy rabbit running in different directions. I want to be faithful. I want it said of me. Here lies a man who died believing God. Here lies a man who laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Here lies a man whose children serve God. Here lies a man to a thousand generations his children serve God. Here lies a man who built God a tabernacle. I want it said of me. But if you build it for man, the Bible says, if if, if man build the house, it's all in vain. Come on, somebody. But if God builds a house, how does He do it? He does it through His people. He said, this this palace is not for man. This palace is for our God. Verse 2 says, now, this is David talking, King David. He said, I have prepared, listen to this. I love this. With all my might. Somebody say, all my might. He said, I have prepared with all my might... For the house of my God, the gold for the things that need to be made of gold, the silver for the things that need to be made of silver, the brass for the brass, the iron for the iron, the wood for the wood, the stones for the stones, glistening stones and diverse colors of stones and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of God, I have of my own proper good, gold and silver, which I've given to the house of God, listen to this, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. I'm going to slow down because I tend to talk fast when I get excited about the things of God. Somebody say, all my might. might. Anybody ever play football in here? Just wave at me. Two people, praise the Lord. (laughs) Do you remember that football coach? Do you remember on, on, on Monday through Thursday, he was telling you how dumb you were? You can't even remember the playbook. I don't know why you're on this team. Then on Friday night, you'd get down in the in the in the locker room, and he said, "All right, men." He called you boys all week long. Might even called you girls a time or two. And on Friday night, he said, "All right, men." You're like, "Who's he talking to?" <laughs> Hit a knee. He hits a knee. He almost looked like he's gonna cry. He said, "I just got to tell you, I am so proud of you. The effort you've put in all week long." And all of a sudden, you feel like you want to cry. <laughs> I'm so proud of the effort. Starts pointing a couple people out. Billy, the way you hit that tackling dummy, I mean, we had to bend the thing back in place. Johnny, the way you, you go in there and as, a, as a guard, you pull back and ease down and stop that linebacker from coming and hurting our quarterback. Don't you love our quarterback, everybody? Oh, God,
0: we love that quarterback. Oh.
1: Here's what we're gonna do, man. You're going to go out there, and they're going to try to disrespect you in our house. And you got a bunch of 16-, 17-, 18-year-old boys with testosterone on a scale of 1 to 10, pegging at a 1380. Come on, somebody. It's our house, coach. He said, yes, yeah, our house. So I tell you what we're going to do. They're going to try to disrespect you. They're going to try to take something from you. Hey, did anybody play football? You know what I'm talking about? Hey, they're going to try to disrespect you. Let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to take from them everything they're trying to take from you. Don't you give them one inch. Billy, you're going to give them an inch. I ain't going to give them an inch. Coach, I ain't going to give them an inch. what What I want you to do is I want you to protect this house. You will protect this house. I'll protect this house, coach. Ah, everybody's screaming and you run out there. You're out of your mind and you will stick your head in the middle of a dog pile just to try to stop a mass of humanity from taking one more inch because your coach conditioned you and convinced you to do one thing with all your might. What happened to humanity Where we convince children to do it and tell adults to sit down and shut up. What happened to society where we convince children? No, that's not your best. Go back and do it again. They fail on their homework. They say, that's not your best. You go back and do it with all your might. Go back and do it with everything you have. But as soon as you become an adult, as soon as you get in the real world, everybody tells you, sit down, shut up, try to work for 800 million years. And then one day you can sit on a port swing for five minutes and then you'll stop breathing and your life will be over. And you'll try to figure out, I wish I'd have done more. I wish I could have done more because nobody was saying you can still do Do things with all your might. David said, listen to me. I'm doing this with everything I've got. He said, if the house needs gold, it's getting gold. And I'm not going and taking it from you. Come on, somebody. I'm going to my own personal treasury, and I'm going to make sure that whatever the house of God needs, I'm going to do it. He said, the gold for the gold, The silver for the silver, he said, with all my might, that's number one. Number two, he said, because I have set my affection on the house of God. I I don't know about you, but I can speak for me. I'm in love with the house of God. My life is a product of the repetition of staying faithful to the house of God. I could tell you about all the things I've been through, which I do not speak of much. But we've certainly been through some things. The reason I don't speak of them much is because I don't like to magnify what the devil tried to do. I just magnify the fact that God is still faithful. But in the process of serving God, I have set my affection on the house of God. Long before I was ever a pastor. I've only been a pastor eight years Since the time I'm able to make the decision for myself, becoming an adult, whatever that timetable is, we have set, Crystal and I, we set our affection on the things of God. Do you know why? Because the Bible says the church is the thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against. He also said the church is his bride and if I could word it differently the church is his wife everybody tap the chair just right there next to you say this is not the church now just tap your chest say this is the church that means the person next to you is the church that means the person three rows back two over to the side that wishes they were sitting in your chair come on somebody that's the church so if Jesus said the church won't prevail against the, if Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, he said the gates of hell won't prevail against his bride, right. so to fall in love with the church is to fall in love with jesus' bride in other words, if you don't like me i will prop i 'll say it like this if somebody I, I remember i was in in college and and i was I was radical man I, I just wanted to get everybody saved and i I had all these Friends of mine from all over the world, because the college I went to had a lot of exchange students, and I was winning them left and right. Man, I, I, I'd say, hey, meet me in the study room, such and such. And I would act like I wanted to study this, this class stuff. And then I'd say, if you guys, are you guys familiar with the Bible? they'd be like, oh yeah, 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 the Bible. And I would draw, and I would draw all the different things from Genesis, uh, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, all the way. And I would draw the, this, the, this big illustration of how Jesus rescued us all on the cross. And they'd be sitting there. And I'd say, now, here's what he said. He said, if you want to go across this bridge, which is the cross, I said, you got to believe in Jesus. Who wants to believe in Jesus? They're all like, I want to believe in Jesus right now. So right there in the study room, they'd be getting born again. I'd be witnessing to everybody I could on the, on the sidewalk. And the, and the buildings were just the way it was. And I had this one friend of mine. He was kind of a, a bodybuilder type, you know, real muscle-bound guy like me. And he... Uh, you guys got to learn when it's not a joke. Come on, somebody. Crush a man's spirit up here. So I'm sitting there and he said to me, he, he, we were talking, and he, he said something that was contrary to the word of God. I said, well, that's not what the word says. And he said, well, I'm just telling you it's what I believe. And, you know, I probably improved in my method some. He said, he said, well, this is what I believe. This is what my dad told me. I said, well, if you believe that, you're going to go to hell and your dad will be there too. I'm not saying I was right. I'm telling you. Well, let me rephrase that. I was right about the statement, but... I'm not saying it was right in the, in the delivery. Come on, somebody. It could have been a little softer. And this brother, he's a good friend of mine. We studied together all the time. He put that hand back behind his leg. Anybody ever been in a fist fight? He put that hand back behind his leg, and I knew what was coming. So I said to him, I said, now, let me tell you something. I said, I love you. I really do. And I serve God with all my heart. But I am not convinced that if you hit me, I won't hit you back. So I don't know. Maybe I've improved. If somebody were to hit me, you know, the Bible says, "Turn the other cheek." You've been hit. You hit me, maybe. I'm just gonna say it's a maybe. Don't. I'm just gonna tell you it's a maybe. If all you watching online, it's a maybe. I think probably I'm leaning towards that. It depends on what we're talking about. Open hand, you know, closed fist. I don't know. Probably. Can we just be honest in church? We've got some maybes left. Is there any probably? Some of you, some of you men, all the ladies out there that are still a maybe, just, oh, I'm still a maybe. I'll tell you what. It's a maybe. But if you touch my wife, I'll snatch your life out of you. Fact. The church is Jesus' wife. That's why he was willing to be slapped and mocked and persecuted. And they pulled his beard out and they spit on him and they called him names because he knew this is for my wife. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my wife. So when you understand you set your
0: affection
1: on the church, you're setting your affection on. On what Jesus loves I don't love Crystal With a part of my might I love her with All my might And I set my affection on her That means I'm not going to get I'm not going to get Tempted away Number one Y'all have seen her Come on somebody But number two I have set my affection When it comes to the house of God You have to set your affection on the things of God, he said. I set my affection on the things of God under my own proper good and of my own proper good, on my own supply. And then he said, over and above everything I've done. Now we're coming into an over and above season. If you've been serving God, you ought to be a tither, and not just tithe. You ought to tithe and offer. Malachi three doesn't just talk about tithes; talk about tithes and offerings tithe belongs to god it's 10 percent of everything that you make it belongs to the house of god it particularly belongs to the house of god that you're fed at somebody told me one time well i tithe under the under the bridges i give that to 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 people that need money that's my tithe i said that's not a tithe i said it is the tithe it's just not put where it belongs i said that's called charity tithe is not a downward transaction tithe is an upward transaction Charity, most of the time, is a downward transaction. You're in a better position or condition than the person that you're charitably giving to. And you should do that. But your tithe belongs to God. The Bible says that if you don't tithe, it's not like, it's not like you decided not to. You stole from God. That's what it says. Then the Bible says tithe and offerings. Offerings, what we decide to do. Sometimes we're pricked in our heart. But it's what we decide to do over that amount. If you borrow my chainsaw and give it back, you didn't give me anything. That's an example of the tithe. That was my chainsaw to begin with. You gave it back to me. You just returned unto me. Come on, somebody. What belongs to me? Now, if you returned to me that chainsaw with a $20 Starbucks gift card, now you have returned unto me the, Starbucks, the, the chainsaw, but you have offered a $20 Starbucks gift card, which will last about a day in my house. <laughs> but at the end of it, Tithes and offerings belong to God. And he said, more than everything I already do, I'm about to rise up because I'm preparing something for a holy house. Then he says this, even 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver... To overlay the walls, the gold for the gold, the silver for the silver, and all manner of work to be made by the hands of the of the artificers or the people that make things, and who is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord. Now the beauty of this is he says three thousand talents of gold now that's an old measurement. Three thousand talents of gold is approximately half as much as six thousand talents of gold. That's that Aggie math. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 3,000 talents of gold is 101 tons of gold. A ton is 2,000 pounds. A talent is about 67 pounds. In today's spot price, which I believe is about $1,900 an ounce for gold. How many of you want to start looking for some gold? $1,900 an ounce comes out to about 6 buh, buh, billion dollars in gold that David said, this is for the house. Now, why would he do it at that level? With all his might, he had set his affection on the things of God and moreover had decided to do over and above. Why? Because God is faithful, but so was David. See, it's a shift. When you start to focus in these types of areas, then the Bible says he began to challenge his people. He said, he said, this is what I'm doing. He said, who else wants to consecrate yourself by giving to the house of God so that we can build a palace, not for men, not for people. Come on, somebody, but for our God a place where people can come and be ministered to a place where somebody can come and just get completely delivered from alcoholism a place where somebody can come and realize that racism is from the pit of hell white, black, purple, pink and every other color can come together under the banner of Jesus Christ Talking about a a completely different thing When you begin to take it I'm going to do this with all of my might The Bible says that he gave all this Then he said who else wants to do this And then the the Bible says the captains of hundreds The captains of thousands All the people uh, that followed after the kingdom And were a part of the nation at that time Said we want to do it too And all of a sudden a massive amount of resources came in And they began to build God a temple That if you go to Jerusalem right now You can still go and pray Next to the western wall of that temple do you think they knew? Do you think they knew decades and decades and decades ago that they would be building something that people in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic could go and pray and their, stick their prayers on the wall and say, God, I'm still believing you. I only see one wall left, but I'm still believing you. They weren't doing it for themselves. Some, most people, they, under, they overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in a decade. We're coming up on a decade. And I'm about to show you a video that's going to take you down a little bit of a timeline that shows you some of the things, some of the places that New Heights Church has been. It's going to testify some of the things that we've experienced at New Heights Church. But, but we're coming up on a decade and we've accomplished some stuff by the hand of God. But I came to tell you also, we are just getting started. Come on, give God a hand of praise if you believe with me that we are just getting started. So in, at the beginning of August, I began to pray and seek God. I said, God, I said, what do you want me to do? How do you want us to call this thing? I said, I said, you know, names are real important. I've never let my children have a nickname that I didn't approve. Because what you call something is very, very important. You call somebody stupid, don't be surprised when they act stupid. There's the S word again, Jake. (laughs) But you call them them the head and not the tail, watch how tall they'll walk. So I said, Lord, what do you want to call this thing? I said, I just, I want to, and all of a sudden, every time I prayed about it, every time I thought about it, I think about, you remember the story in the Bible where the Bible says it was after Jesus was born? I believe it was in Acts 15, if I remember right. It might not be there, but anyway, Jesus said, or or the Bible says that when, when Peter would walk by, they would drag people out into the street in hopes that his shadow would touch them, and when his shadow would touch them, they would be healed. I thought, man, what a cool thing. And I thought, if Peter was taller Come on, if Peter was taller, he'd have, he'd have healed more people. Yes. If Peter was a little bigger, he'd have, he'd have had more of an impact. And I thought, man, I said, what we really need, because all these shadows you can get under, you can live under the shadow of death, you can live under the shadow of insecurity, or you can live live under the shadow of the Almighty. We need a bigger shadow in this region. And as soon as it came out of my... Spirit, I said, man, I love that. A bigger shadow. And I remember telling Pastor Matthew, I said, Pastor Matthew, I said, here's what I'm thinking. I said, I feel like God wants us. I said, I feel like we need a bigger shadow. And he was like, Yeah, we need a bigger shadow. He's like, we need a bigger shadow. It was the beginning of August. August 19th, I got a message from a prophet that I know hears from God. Ministers at this church on a regular basis. And they said this to me: They said, I just had to tell you this. Three days in a row when I've been praying for you, I've seen you praying in your office, laying on the floor by yourself, praying. I said, well, that happens. They said, and there was a jar of oil that was being poured over you. And inscribed on the jar of oil was the verse Isaiah 4, 6. And I immediately pulled up my phone and I went to it because I, didn't, I don't have that verse. I didn't have that verse memorized. And it says, and there, somebody say there. There shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from heat and for a place of refuge and cover from storm and rain. I thought, oh my goodness. Now look, I, I don't need 500 confirmations to do what God tells me to do personally. The Bible says that, My sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice, they won't follow. I know his voice. He tells me to do it. I'm going to do it, or I'm going to make my best effort. I'll put it like that. But when that confirmation comes, man, it's a beautiful season. And so I told Pastor Matt, I said, Pastor Matt, you remember what I was telling you? I said, what did I tell you I wanted to call that campaign? He said, a bigger shadow. He said, I've been thinking about it already. I love it. I got some graphic ideas. It's going to be incredible. It's just going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. I said, look at this message. He He said, what about it? I said, well, since you obviously don't know the Bible, <laughs> Isaiah 4 and 6, and I read it to him. He said, what? I said, I know. I said, I know. I said, what an amazing deal. I said, a bigger shadow. I said, we're going to do it, man. We need a bigger place to minister. We need, we need a place that people drive by and they go, that must be God's house. Yes. It was about a week later. I'm in my home, it's four o'clock in the morning and I say this with as much reverence and respect as I can possibly say. It's never happened to me like this before. August 23rd, four o'clock in the morning and the Lord Jesus walked in my bedroom and began to speak to me. And I know how that sounds but I want you to know that I am working this out with fear and trembling, even using these words. He walked in my bedroom and he began to speak to me. Many things that he shared were very personal. But the first thing he said to me, he walked over beside my bed and said, the word of God enforces itself. And like a bolt of lightning exploding in every direction on my insides, I began to see even more clearly some things that I already knew in the Bible. I thought, oh my God. See, the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. One of the elements of what he said to me in that moment is, I will enforce what I said. That's why the devil wants you quiet. When you are depressed, because if you will say what he said, he will enforce it in this realm. That's why he wants you saying, I'm just an old sinner, because the power of life and death is in your mouth. Instead of saying what he said about you, which he will enforce, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, all of a sudden, all of heaven begins to move on your behalf because you said what he said, and what he said he will enforce. This all happened in one sentence. I'm like, oh, my God. And he starts telling me all these other beautiful things, and he really enlightened me to a lot of areas of sowing. He started exposing to me some of the areas that I reap in that I didn't even realize the fullness of why I reaped at the level that i reaped. It's because I've been so steadfast in certain areas. And he's going through all these things. And then just like off the cuff, he says this to me. He says, I'm ready for a bigger shadow in this region. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He goes through and he, 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 he speaks to me. Right before he left, he looked right at me. Left again. I'm not trying to use that as a legal term. It's just the quickest way to describe what happened. Right before he left, he looked right at me. And when Jesus looks at you, there's nothing you've ever been through that matters anymore. (laughs) You'll never look at a cost that you've ever paid as if it was anything. You'll start sounding like the apostles that says, I consider... Everything I've done for God or any form of righteousness to be filthy rags compared to him. What about the suffering? I count the suffering as all joy. To just have the opportunity to be a partaker of that with him. Because when he looks at you, you realize that love is who he is. And you're enveloped in that. I think it's what kept Peter alive after he denied Jesus. I believe after he denied Jesus three times and, and and Jesus looked right at him in the middle of his own court, in the middle of his own trial, he looked at Peter and I believe that look was what was strong enough to keep him alive for three days so that Jesus could say, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. So I'm sitting there and I'm just banging away on my phone, taking notes, 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 trying to write down verbatim what he said then trying to write down how it affected me. Just, just, just document, document, document. And so Crystal starts to wake up. I said, I said yeah. I said, uh, uh, she said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. I said, Jesus was here. I said, why are you still sleeping? <laughs> she said, what? And I told her, she said, oh, my God, I don't know if I slept for two days after that because I don't know if I've ever felt more alive. Think about it. When life looks at you, I, I mean, I had no needs. I didn't need any. Didn't need anything. No rest. No, just nothing. I don't need anything. Just more of you. That's all I want. That's all I need. So a, a bigger shadow is—it's our campaign. It's our target. Because with a bigger shadow, come on, somebody, we're going to be more effective. We're going to heal more. We're going to see more. And we're going to see this region and beyond changed when we, with all our might, join together and do this for our God. Give God a big hand of praise right there. Hi there, and God bless you. I am thrilled to be sharing about a bigger shadow with you see when we can cast a bigger shadow it gives more people the opportunity to come and hear the gospel of the kingdom in other words it'll help us love people and point them to Christ at a higher level some years ago God enabled us to be able to acquire the property that I'm standing on right now which includes the building behind me as soon as we got it we began to improve it we increased uh, all the technology as well so we wouldn't just be ministering to people right here on the property but be able to minister to the world from right here in college station texas we're thrilled about it but it is definitely time to build a larger tabernacle to facilitate the people that god has sent us and to prepare for the people that god is sending us new heights church was founded in 2012 We are blessed to be a part of the kingdom of God. But I want to do this. I want to take just a minute and kind of go down memory lane and show you some of the facilities that New Heights Church has utilized and come through over the years. So join me as we go back in time to look where we've been over the past several years. God bless you. Let's go. right here in the fall of 2012 that new heights church launched you may remember we were one block north of bonham elementary a seventh day adventist church was willing to lease us their building on sundays and wednesdays and this was the place right here where new heights church first sermons were preached where new heights worship first songs were sung We did uh, everything we could to magnify God. And I'll never forget the scripture that says, despise not small beginnings or the day of small beginnings because we know that everything has a starting point, but your starting point does not dictate where you end up. So... I'm thankful even for what God is doing now, but I can look back and be thankful for how God allowed New Heights Church to have a place to start or to birth right here in the Brazos Valley. After a couple of years at the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we needed more room. We had gone to multiple services But we knew that we needed a larger facility and particularly one with more parking. I think the first church that we leased, the building that we leased, I think it had 17 parking spots of all things. So anyway, that's whenever we moved to the movie theater right here at Premier Cinema right on Highway 6. We saw a lot of people come into the building, come into our church. Uh, that that wouldn't have found us otherwise. Matter of fact, I'll never forget, one lady walked in with a big Coke and a big thing of popcorn and sat down. And to my surprise, she stayed the whole service. And she, uh, uh, she talked to a few of our members afterwards and turns out she had bought a ticket to go to the movies, walked into the wrong theater, and whenever she heard the praise and worship, she said, I gotta hear where this thing's going. So it was a unique time at Premier Cinema. I would say that God has brought New Heights Church through a very interesting through a very interesting route to get us where we are and especially to get us where we're going in building our new building, our new tabernacle that we're going to do and cast a bigger shadow right here in this region. After 3 years God miraculously made us able to acquire 8125 Turkey Creek Road. It goes all the way from the stop sign at Turkey Creek all the way to some Texas A&M property that joins up on the other side. It's been an incredible thing that we've been able to, uh, enhance, improve, beautify, and do all kind of different things from adding services and, 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 and increasing our reach. But the reality is, is even in these last five years, as much as we've been able to do, it's still not enough to facilitate what God is going to bring to our church and even where we are today. So that's why it's time for a bigger shadow. And I'm standing in the exact spot that our new building is going to be. It's going to join up to our old building. You'll have families coming in from that side and families coming in from that side and they'll, they'll funnel into a big, large, beautiful lobby that even has a a, a bridge. There's going to be a a staircase in the lobby that goes. There's going to be a bridge that the children can walk across this bridge and look down and wave at their friends. And I don't know, maybe even, maybe even drop a a ping pong ball down. I think that'd be kind of fun, but they'll be able to go into the back of the sanctuary that's going to be elevated elevated. It's going to be so nice. The facility's going to hold four times as many people as we can minister to today. We'll have new offices. We'll have actually storage in the new facility. We'll have, well, it's going to be so beautiful. The sanctuary is going to be amazing, And, and I could try to describe it to you, but I think that old saying, a picture is worth a thousand words, rings true right now. So sit back, take a look at this screen, and check out what our bigger shadow is going to look like. the property all the way from one end to the other there's going to be parking as far uh, as we can actually build on we will have new parking we'll have a new entrance we'll have a greater flow our beautiful building's going to have two entrances and you'll you'll come into either side and turn one direction to go to the children's facility, turn another direction to go to the new sanctuary that we're building. The the lobby, when you walk into the lobby, is going to have a beautiful, crisp, clean feel to it. It's going to be a place that you're going to want to bring your friends. There's going to be stairs that you can walk up and and come around and the kids are going to be able to come across this beautiful flyover bridge and be able to walk into the back. It's going to be, it's just going to make for an incredibly impressive facility. Our offices, are going to be down the side of it so uh, we're going to have new offices for the staff that we have as well as the expansion of our staff our sanctuary is going to be completely state-of-the-art not just with media but great seats great chairs a great layout we're going to be ready to broadcast to the world you know God has increased our influence and our voice over the years, and we want to be ready for it because we know that influence is going to continue to grow, so our facility is going to be ready for that. I want you to picture your family walking into this new building. I want you to picture your 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 unsaved loved ones being drawn to this place that cast a shadow that is so significant that they can't pass by without being drawn into it i am thrilled to be a part of it from my family from crystal all the way down to my children Haley, walker and trinity we are just ecstatic about being a part of what god is doing right here at new heights church so let's join together let's do our very best and let's build a bigger shadow right here Pretty cool, huh? Wow, it's going to be awesome. We have some packets for everybody here, ushers. If you could go ahead and pass those out as I'm sharing some information on a couple of other slides. In the in the packet's going to be a letter uh, from me as well as uh, a magazine that you can use as a point of contact for your faith. It has the images that you've seen behind me uh, on there. Matter of fact, uh, one of them we had. The image made, uh, the width of the entire thing, you can actually uh, just pull that out and put it on your wall and let it be a point of faith, maybe in your closet or, or your, your bathroom or maybe on your, uh, on your uh, refrigerator and, and just let it be a place, a, a point of faith for you as a point of contact because what we're going to do is, is it's, it's a big thing. Uh, now, it's not big to our God, of course, but it's a big thing, and it's going to make a big difference in this region. Can you say amen to that? Uh, you're, feel free to go ahead and open those up while we're talking, but I'm just going to talk you through a couple of slides, too. Go to that next slide for me, please. So this is the view from uh, this road right here that you see. This is F&B Road. So down here would be the, the stop sign at the corner. So this is looking, and you can see on this back side, this is the building we're in right now. So to kind, it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of how large it will be. The new building will connect with our current building, and everything we have here is gonna be converted to children's ministry, youth, and all kind of beautiful things like that. That's a real good place to give God a hand of praise right there. These are the horses from the cavalry, praise the Lord. It took a while for them to be still, but we finally got them painted in there. Next slide, please. This is the viewpoint, again, from F&B Road. So when you come in this, when you come in this door on the right if you go into the lobby and go to the right you would be going into our existing building and then uh, if you go into the lobby and go to the left that would get into this big sanctuary side which is going to have two primary areas of entrance uh, one that's kind of halfway down the sanctuary and then the other one's going to be a back entrance because the back of the sanctuary is actually going to be an elevated scenario so that's why we have that bridge in the lobby next slide please this is a view from the other side, so from the Turkey creek roadside and you 'll be able to enter into the lobby here as well as enter into the offices uh, from this area during the week it 'll make for a really nice office complex down the side of the property. Next slide, please. This is a picture of our lobby again, just as a side note, these are renderings so They're not going to be exact. They're just going to be kind of an ideological look. But out here, you're looking at F&B Road. Would be driving down this way. So if you came in from that side, you would literally turn this way to go to children's ministry. Um, So the the two hallways that we have that go to the restrooms, those will be widened on the end where the doors are now to go out of the building. And the children and and those bringing their kids to children's ministry would come through there. Most likely funnel through the chapel which we're considering converting to Noah's Ark. Come on, somebody. How cool would that be? Uh, We just got to figure out who's going to clean up after the monkeys. Come on, somebody. But it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, And then if you went and if you wanted to go into the sanctuary, you would go down this corridor, or there's one on the other side as well, and then that would put you in the sanctuary, or you would go up. There's stairs that you can't see, but there's stairs that come up like this, that you would go into the back of the sanctuary and those stairs are beautiful because they have their own um glassed in area it's just going to be a very beautiful architectural feature next slide please and so this is what the sanctuary is going to look like uh, more or less um it's going to be state-of-the-art everything you know we're going to be ready to minister to the world from 8125 turkey creek road uh, the chairs are going to be very comfortable. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, we're we doing everything state-of-the-art, but I also insisted that we still had areas in the front to lay hands on the sick. Come on, somebody, because we believe uh, we believe in the power of breakthrough. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a, an incredibly thought. Every place we've ever been, we've had to, like, like, rehab it to... You know what I'm saying? That's not the right word, but we just have had to kind of try to take what somebody else did and try to make it our own. Uh, But this is not the case this time. Next slide, please. This kind of gives you an idea of what the sanctuary itself will look like. Uh, We're going to quadruple our capacity. So I thank God for that. Next slide, please. And this kind of also paints a picture of just the gravity of this project. So to call it a building project is Really, a disservice to us because this is the Texas A&M property I'm talking about. So we're going to be developing it all the way from one side all the way to the other. You parking team are going to love this. We're at we're, we've we've requested and the city is so far approving to add another entrance point off of FNB Road. So instead of having just one entrance off FNB Road, we'll have another entrance off mm-hmm. of uh, FNB Road. Next slide, please. And just for a little bit of a scale of reference. Uh, this is our existing building that you see here. And then the the you can see how large the new building is going to be. I think that's going to throw a little bit of a bigger shadow. Can you say yes. amen to that? Uh, next next slide, please. Uh, and this also, just for a scale of reference, I, I think this ceiling is 16 feet high above my head, if, if I'm not mistaken. And and here, it's going to be about 34, 35 feet tall. So it's going to be beautifully large and grand and it's just going to be you know we're going to have beautiful worship nights in there we're going to have you know the the greatest uh uh the greatest move of god that this region has ever seen is going to be in this building can you say amen to that uh next slide please and then this is just some sketches of you know kind of the process you know as the as the architects are working next slide please and then, yeah, so that's that's what we're about to be launching into. Uh, can we give God a hand of praise right there? Come on, really, really, let's magnify God for just a second. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for where you brought us. Thank you for taking us out of the miry clay, setting our feet on a solid rock. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for changing us. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to talk to you before we leave, though, because being excited is one thing, but what we want to do is be effective. Somebody say effective. So I'm asking you for two distinct areas of commitment. Two distinct areas of commitment. In about a month, so on November 15th, will be Sacred Sunday right here at New Heights Church. And what I'm asking, the first area of commitment. Is for you to pray over the next month to see what God would have you sow for the first area, our large launch offering on on sacred Sunday, November fifteenth. Our large launch offering is simple. It is you asking God, what would you have me do? What would you have me do in this incredible opportunity to love people and point them to Christ? It's the best seed that you can sow. And I'm asking you to seek God. Many of you will Fast. Many of you will spend, I encourage you to spend some time with the family. My children, of course, are kingdom builders. So they were here on Friday night and every one of them's like, I'm giving this, I'm giving this, I'm giving that. I'm like, praise the Lord. I want their faith going through the moon too. Come on, somebody. So uh, you could do it as a family, get together as a family, talk about it, pray about it, seek God. But don't be surprised when he stretches your faith. I've, I've, I've been doing... I've been doing life with God my whole, as long as I can remember, but almost every time a moment or an opportunity like this comes up, and we haven't had one like this in our church, but every time this comes up, God just stretches me, and I'm anticipating him doing that again. The second area uh, of distinct commitment that we're asking for is a 12-month commitment to sow towards a bigger shadow either weekly or monthly, over and above your regular tithes and offerings. So on Sacred Sunday, on that weekend, on or before Sacred Sunday, we're asking you to sow the very best launch offering you can. This project could cost as much as $6 million. Let me just tell you something. We're not scared of that at all. Come on, somebody. God is faithful, and we're going to do our best to be faithful to our God. So what happens is... Uh, over the next 12 months, we're asking you to commit either a weekly number or a monthly number over and above your regular tithes and offerings. I would love to do this thing completely debt-free. I would love to do this thing completely debt-free. So for the next few weeks, I want you praying, asking God, look at that magazine, get get a vision of your family members, get a vision of your friends coming to a place. You know, when when right or wrong... There's people that they wouldn't come to our church until we moved to a different facility. I'm not saying they were right. I'm just saying that's the way it was. Then there were other people that wouldn't come to our church because we were in a movie theater. I'm not saying they were right. I'm not saying they were wrong. It's just the way it was. But there's people that are going to come to our church when we cast a shadow like that that just want to see what the heck is going on. And the same God that has touched you And the same God that has touched me is going to touch them. They're going to pull a Zacchaeus. They're just going to want to climb a tree and see what's really happening. And before you know it, Jesus is going to say, hey, Zacchaeus, you come down. Because you came to my house today. I'm going to come to your house today. It's going to be a beautiful, 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 beautiful time and season. You're going to be stretched. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to expect this. I'm asking you not just to expect God to make you able to fulfill your commitment. I'm asking you to expect God to make you able to far surpass your commitment. Because the Bible says he will do exceeding, abundantly, above, more than we will ask or think. So I'm expecting God not only to do miracles, because here's how it happens it comes through his people so you're going to have opportunities some of you guys are going to start businesses and they're going to skyrocket in this next year because God's going to get resources to the kingdom of God and he's going to use you to do it some of you guys are going to get promotions you don't even deserve some of you guys are going to start getting checks in the mail that have never gotten a check in the mail you said, I don't even know what a check in the mail would look like all I get is bills in the mail well it's about to flip flop on you come on somebody you're about to start getting checks in the mail People are going to start poor. Some of you guys are going to have some debts canceled. Understand, when you get a debt canceled, a lot of times it's because God wants you to reallocate those resources. A debt canceled is the exact same thing as increase. A lot of times it's because God wants you to reallocate those resources. But it's going to be a beautiful, amazing, supernatural, fun time. Those two areas of commitment. The first one, November 15th, Sacred Sunday our large launch offering and then 12 months we're going to get committed and in jesus name we're going to break ground on this asap they're doing what's called the working drawings now if you guys have ever anybody in construction you know what i mean there um these are renderings but we're working on the working drawings now where you know light plug here you know light bulb here that kind of stuff Working with the city, we've had incredible favor with the city already. And in the name of Jesus Christ, that'll just continue to increase. Because all we're going to do is good. You know, it saves the city a lot of money when people get off drugs. Saves the city a lot of money when when they don't have to be going through all the divorce decrees. And they can actually do other things with the court's time. Saves the city a lot of money when the people of God serve God. Can you say amen to that? All right. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to pray. And we'll dismiss. Make sure and get those points of contact in a place where you can see them. If you're married, hold hands with your spouse. Let's just pray. Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name for you to stretch us. You said you want a bigger shadow. Well, we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. We're going to build a tabernacle that'll cast a shadow. In the daytime, in a place of refuge from storm and rain. First off, we say thank you for drawing us here. Now we're saying, Lord, if you can use anything, use us. Stretch us, increase us. Cause your prosperity to overtake us that we can be a part of seeing this bigger shadow come to pass quickly. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord God, I'm asking you to bless your people coming in, going out in the city and the field this day and every day. And if you receive that, give God one more big shout of praise right here on a Sunday morning. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.